Hola, film gods, how are we all? Hope everyone's having a lovely week. Um, lockdown 2.0 is coming tomorrow, Thursday. Um, we're still going to be able to kind of carry on shooting because of all the work in practice and guidelines that we've got and we've been working with for the last few months. Um, so just well done to everyone involved who kind of kept it all safe. Um, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough time for the country, and it's going to be a tough time for some people that are close to you, neighbours, family, friends. So just keep in touch. You know, mental health issues are becoming a thing that people are kind of openly talking about more, which I think is amazing. Uh, and we touch base on failure in this episode, and um, it's going to be a great app that you're going to have an amazing time listening. The last little couple of shout outs that I want to squeeze in before you hear the beeps. Lucy at Luke Talent, um, second AD, amazing woman that's kind of got me in touch with a couple of people, such as our guest for today, which is just a great ep. And also to Ollie Murray, single figure film god. Um, we spoke back in February and his feature documentary, Ronnie's, about Ronnie Scott's drops. Uh, it's been in the Everyman, but it's going to be on BBC4. Sunday the 15th of November at 9 o'clock. You have to check it out. It's incredible. Big love. Let's get started. So, film gods, um, ladies and gents, um, we're going to talk to someone today who I hadn't even thought about as as a department, as someone to kind of talk to. Um, and we got introduced online um, by someone at Loop Talent, and I was like, fuck yeah. I watched the, I watched the show reel and I was like, uh, hell yes. This is exactly the kind of thing that film students and people that don't know the grit, you know, it's like most people in, who are going to listen to this don't know that a second AD will stand outside in the brain by Winnebago and knock on a door for five minutes. But their picture of the film industry and the glamour is what you're was what we're going to talk about today so i'm i'm so super stoked it's, that you're on i it. hate to break it to you it, there's, there's no glamour involved at all it's it's the opposite it's yeah we'll, opposite. we'll talk about it yeah so um so what is your uh, so we'll get straight in so what is your name sir and uh what is your role on the call sheet uh so my name's ben i'm the um the managing director of a company called bear arms on the call sheet i can be anything from technical advisor uh, to armorer um occasionally performing but rarely um mm-hmm. it really depends on the um the production at the end of the day okay but technical advisor is probably the, the the key one and that's and it's about guns and th- you know it's like it's all yeah, the big so toys anything to do with the military okay. uh, and firearms and sort of armed police and things like that so i was in the army for 10 years uh and i left the army um in order to start up bare arms and I, I had the the idea for it as I was joining the army back in sort of uh, 2007. Um, and I was watching Dog Soldiers, which is a Neil Marshall film that's just had its uh, just had a re-release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the characterization in it was brilliant. All the soldiers act and talk like soldiers act. Mm. But some of the technical aspects were, were a little bit dodgy. Um, <laughs> some of the kit some yeah. of the kit and equipment they were using was a little bit a little bit suspect so mm-hmm. um and but it got me thinking it's like who 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 does this whose job yeah. is it to advise productions on that kind of thing who who talks to productions explains 
they would use this kind of weapon, they would wear this kind of clothing, they would move like this, they would talk like this. And it got me thinking. Uh, and sort of that, that idea stuck with me for, for, for quite some time. And then mm. um, when I was looking to leave the forces, uh, my love for the film industry was, was sort of still there. I mm. was toying with the idea, my backup plan, um, if the army didn't work out for me, was I was considering becoming a stuntman. Nice. And it was after seeing there was a Channel Four TV show called Faking It, mm. and they they would they would put um, uh, somebody through a crash course in something. And they end of this crash course, normally sort of three or four weeks, they then have to do the thing they were pretending to be. Uh, so they had a vicar on there, they had a pro surfer, and these people had to pretend to be them in a very short time. They had one that was on stuntmen. And wow. uh, and there was a, a guy that got basically put through a crash course of, of, of how to be a stuntman <laughs> in about three or four weeks and then thrown off of a building and set on fire. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and everything, everything in that show, I was like, this is brilliant. This is this is sort of what I want to be part of. And um, just loving films from a, a young age. I, mm. I, I remember being sat at home watching watching VHSs that are taped off the TV, some sort of late brilliant. night film. And mm. sat down and watching it and just my mind being blown by some of the things that I was seeing and and always just wanting to be part of it so so that's where it started and then sort of got out of the military in um 2015 mm-hmm. and sort of I spent two years working for the military part-time and okay. doing film and tv stuff and then 2017 end of 2016 start of 2017 but the bullet left left completely, and uh, that's what I do today. So I'm, a, wow. I'm an advisor, yeah. um, technical advisor, instructor. So I'm, uh, I teach actors how to use firearms, mm-hmm. um, and help productions put together battle sequences, anything like that. Showroom so, looks amazing. Like your showroom, thank you, I kind of yeah. hit it. I was like, this looks like <laughs> we we were, you know, the, the, my wife and myself. We kind of we like to f- sit down and watch a bit of a police something or other or Mm. and and you kind of do watch you watch these and and the one that we've been watching recently was SWAT out in America Mm. and 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 they look like you know they're actors you can tell that they're actors but there is there's like specific language there's specific actions there's and you Mm. kind of buy it you know and I and I feel like I feel like if you if you see something done even if you don't know it's being done badly your gut kind of goes, yeah, I don't think they would shout at each other if they were, you know, <laughs> go, trying to sneak up. But, you yeah. know, it just wouldn't happen. It's a very strange one because um, anybody with any experience, uh, I see it as like a magic trick. Anything mm. to do with film and TV, you're making people, you're fooling them into thinking that what they're seeing is real. Mm. So anything that doesn't look right, like let's say a soldier is watching a TV show about soldiers mm. and there's something in there that's completely wrong. It drags them out of the... Yeah. The entire thing and then they're, they're no longer entertained by it they're just looking for faults mm. so part of the part of the idea is to get it to a stage where a soldier or an armed policeman can watch something and not be totally pulled out of it by something mm. that's totally wrong nice. but the other half of it is making it accessible to people who don't have that background so you yeah. don't you don't want to have it and turn it into like a discovery channel documentary that is a hundred percent accurate yeah that only like the nerdiest of nerds enjoy mm. i love a discovery channel documentary so yeah. i include myself in that bracket <laughs> but your average theater goer film goer tv goer doesn't really care that they're 
using the correct acronyms or that that's maybe not the right hand grenade for the time they're more concerned about i love how that's even a thing that that's not the right hand grenade isn't it just one? <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's just that's just something that popped into my, to my head there's, there's, there's sort of hundreds of things that as a military person watching <laughs> watching a film or a tv show and there's, 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 there's yeah, jokes yeah. about it there's jokes about it um I just picture uh, it's like you're sitting at home and they go, I'd never use the GP65 no, in that situation. That's, ex that's exactly it. You've got some poor girlfriend or partner or wife and they go, that's that's completely wrong. wrong. Those trousers didn't come in until two years after this. That's ridiculous. This whole, thing, this whole thing's fake. Switch it off. Somebody once wrote me a very nice email and said, um, thanks to you, I no longer go through a TV every six months because I used to be throwing the remote at it and, uh, and now I don't have to do that. So Amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. And what's that process look like? I was going to say that, you know, your job, do you kind of, you get the, you get a script or do you just get called or how do, how do you work it? And then how long is that process to get them screen ready? It massively depends. So mm. um, at the short end of the scale, a production can call us up and say, we've got something happening next week. Would you come down on set and advise and tweak and make sure we're doing things correctly? Mm -hmm. And that's, often really difficult because by that time everything's in motion everything's moving everything's mm. going at speed and you can't stand there and go well actually that's the wrong clothing they wouldn't have had these kind of people this is the wrong weaponry it's too late for that yeah. so those are really tricky situations because you've got to you've got to have an innate understanding of of how the film industry works and what you can achieve mm. given the time that you've got and so you, you're looking out for big, what we call howlers. So things that make you go, ah. you're looking out for these massive things that you can, that you can very easily change yeah. that are going to have a, a big proportion effect on the whole thing. At that stage, it's too late to do anything like dialogue because that's already been set. Mm. Um, and so actually, those, those are the hardest ones. The best ones are when we get brought in in development. So for instance, there's one happening at the moment. Somebody has has bought the options to a book written by a former forces forces guy, and they want to turn it into a TV show. So, um, uh, what what we what we then might do with the production is introduce the writer to some to, to some soldiers, so the writer can sit down with them, chat to them, so so that they can understand. Um, the language and the pace of which of which soldiers talk mm. and there are different levels of soldiers much as it's it's very very similar to a film set there's mm. a lot of of uh it's hierarchical um, yeah. similarities yeah mm. so how how two grips talk to each other is very different from how the dop and the director will talk to each other yeah. and how a how how a head of department talks to the producer versus how a head of department talks to one of their one of their department mm. so it's there's a lot of subtleties to it uh, but the earlier you get into it the, the more you can get into the weeds of that so so that's probably the earliest stage we might be involved in and there have been a few wow. productions that's where just that's like that's that's before the script is written that's yeah you know, before yeah. it's even a seed mm. you know that's super early and i guess that gives does that make it start to be even more real from a Sorry, that's not even a great way of saying it. You're, you're, you're being able to kind of stamp the authority of realism from an earlier, well, it, from an earlier chance. You, you can do, but it entirely depends on what the production wants, because mm. it could be 
um, that the production wanted to be ultra realistic. So something mm. like Band of Brothers or something like that, where they want it to be as it was on the day. Mm. So you are you've got free reign essentially to say no, that's not how it would be done. Try this, um, but you can have heavily stylized productions where they say right, we're not super concerned about realism. What we're after here is this. So mm. I will have to tailor my approach depending to what depending on what they want mm. my sometimes i describe it as being a, a golf caddy nice so i so the golfer is is the production and they mm. can they can ask me right which which club should i use to hit this particular hole mm. and i can say well i advise the the th i know nothing about golf and this is about to become clear you can say oh, the, yeah. five iron. the three yeah. iron the, the five three iron, iron the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the putter and 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 they don't have to accept anything I say. It's their round of golf. They can yeah. choose to use the putter and putt their, their entire <laughs> way out. Whatever makes whatever makes yeah. them happy. Yeah, yeah. I can just sit today to them. Look, this is what I would use, or mm. this is this is what this is one way it can be done. Mm. But what I what I won't do is stamp my feet and go. That's not correct. This is not how it's done because that doesn't help anybody. And that's one mm. of the biggest mistakes that any kind of advisor. There's loads of different types of technical advisor, not just people from the military, but from any kind of specialist background. Um, and what they can often do is alienate themselves a little from production by getting upset when things aren't perfect. Yeah. And if they do that, then production are less likely to ask them about stuff. And, mm. and so your your ideal situation is where you're in the pocket of the producer or the director and you're on their shoulder and they can feel free when they want to. They can turn around to you and go what's what this is this yeah. correct but also and and it entirely depends on the personality so um whoever you're dealing with and what kind of day they're having there are mm. certain days if they're massively you everyone's been on set knows this can get massively stressed mm. and if you're interrupting the director to say that person's got their shoes untied or not tied correctly yeah you're not going to make yourself popular so yeah. you've got to you've got to choose your moment and you've got to pick your battles mm. um and knowing that all the things that I will spot aren't necessarily important to the production. They've mm. got far more things. They've got things like finishing on time, finishing on budget to worry about rather mm. than the minutiae. So it, 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 it's a three-dimensional problem. You've got, to, mm. you've got to work out where you are in the production, what you can, what you can help with. But the, the idea of it is just to be helpful to yeah. be able to make a better product at the end of it and so the the, the golden rule is if it's not going to help then maybe pick a better time yeah. to talk about it if it's going to make it worse by raising your voice probably probably was that a, later was that a, a difficult i guess coming from a military background you, you you know your ability to read a room to read a situation is enhanced because that's your job you know, you're yes. going into scenarios yeah. that you don't know what the, the room looks like, mm. all this kind of stuff. So being on a film set can be, if you're not 100% sure of the politics and when to kind of voice an opinion, mm. it can be quite an intimidating or potentially oh, daunting experience. But, you oh, know, that kind of yeah. two, that, that shoelace example, you know, did you have a few of those? Is that something that, you know, did it take you a little while to kind of go, oh, fuck, I need to shut up now or I need to butt in that? You know, what? how does that work? Each set is different because mm. it's a different situation, different personalities um, and different things at play. So, for instance, a, a low budget film set in the UK um, 
where uh where let's say okay so example being we 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 sometimes get involved in quite a few gangster flicks is the wrong is the wrong word for it um there's there's a real voice going on at the moment with short films and and um feature films being made on a low budget from from people from sort of the what they call the ends so you know west london um south london that kind of thing so if you've mm-hmm. seen blue story um which was a feature film made by by a guy called ratman last year uh that kind of thing so disaffected youth i think is okay. probably the, the best way to describe it people from council estates mm-hmm. who don't see themselves represented on screen there's mm-hmm. no films about them there's no tv shows about them it's all about you know people that look like us there's mm-hmm. the, and, and from what you were saying about your your previous podcast the one i listened to about diversity mm-hmm. uh and so we quite often get involved with 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 sort of low level productions with them and they they want to use firearms they want to use firearms outside and so we have to advise and say right you shouldn't be doing this in this particular place this is dangerous to have guns out in this place and there are so in that kind of situation you're a lot more authoritative you're higher up the pecking order so you Mm. you can say i can't let you do that because of this and is that just as in yeah safety reasons or is it that you wouldn't use this type of gun no no this is more this is more real life legal and safety problems so this is more on the armorer side of things so when you've got a role that is that is um orientated around health and safety and the legal aspect of things you you've you're a lot more within your right to to call a stop to things Mm -hmm. if things start to drift that way but the idea is to make it easy enough so things never get to that stage where you'd have yeah. to call stop yeah. something. whereas um another tv show we did was in morocco and um we weren't involved it was a it was a six episode um series mm-hmm. we weren't involved in the first episode they decided to bring us out for episode two to six so when i landed in morocco and walked onto set i didn't know anybody apart from a couple of people in Mm. in departments and they'd already been filming for a month and so things were already already set in their ways so i had to be very careful about walking in and going that's wrong that's terrible (laughs) he's got his hat on wrong his boots are on backwards this is all wrong (laughs) because it would have just made it very very difficult for me to get anything done mm. so it is it's um everything in the film industry and th- this is a general point is personality based yeah there are a lot of people that that um it often gets called nepotistic mm. and it is in that you need to know somebody to get in that's that's not the case but w- how you get work is people that you know who who like you recommending you and so I've often seen people in other in other departments looking at somebody else who they see as not as good as them, but getting more work than them. And they can, like, I can't understand why this pe- this person, who we all know is not very good, keeps getting work. And mm. the, the the short answer is because they're a nice person. Yeah. They they a um, when a head of department or somebody is hiring, they're far more likely to go with the people that they know and they like and they can trust mm. rather than taking a risk on somebody new, no matter how good their reputation might be. A film set is like a military unit in the fact that everybody's got to work together seamlessly. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no time to have these sort of um, uh, these arguments and these debates and these everybody finding their place and finding their feet. You've got to work 
well together from the off so it's far easier to go with people you've worked with before because you have that connection you have that dialogue with them already you know how they work so it's far easier to go with somebody who may not be as as skilled or as talented Mm. but you can rely on them and you can trust them you know what you're going to get rather than completely unknown entity so being a people person at the end of the day is one of the one of the most crucial skills on a film set i would say regardless of who you are and what department occasionally you can be in a department where there's very little people who do what you do so you can afford to be a bit of a bit of a pain in the ass and people have to put up with you so when when um when my business partner and i al when we first were discussing what bear arms would be and we were talking about the armory side of things and um Al was on a, a film set, uh, which I won't name because obviously then you'll be able to work out who, <laughs> who the armourer was. I was on a film set and um, just as a background extra. And the armourer was not a nice person. Oh, and no. very grumpy, very curmudgeonly, not a people person in the slightest. And he asked somebody on like day five of this guy being an absolute, an absolute arsehole, why is this guy working on this set? And they said, because he's because he's the only guy that has what we need oh. and so so if you're yeah. if right well you're we're buying so loads of whatever he's got yeah well, exactly so that, that's why we became armorers yeah. so if, you, if you're the only person that's got that particular thing you can afford to be an asshole but if you're like everybody else just one of a hundred maybe thousand people that do your job mm. you've got to be a people person because otherwise people are not going to want to work with you no matter how good you are love it that's it yeah it's a great it's great advice you're right you know and and as runners you know starting off Mm. in the industry you've got to kind of never say no you know you're at the bottom of the chain you Mm. you do what you do and you've got to do it with a smile i think it's amazing that that can there is a nasty side to it and that is when um people in positions of power Mm. and i've seen this in the forces as well people are in positions of power and used to getting their own way and are not used to be told being told no that's no. not correct yeah and that's when it becomes dangerous um it's it's a very it's a very very difficult balance between mm. being a people person and being overly agreeable but often you're in that position if you're a runner if you're just starting out you're not in a position where you've got the confidence or the understanding to know when to put your foot down so often you see runners doing all sorts of crazy stuff because they're trying to please somebody mm. and actually maybe isn't the best thing to do but it's 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 all about finding your feet another piece of advice i got from the army was uh, you've got one mouth and two ears use them in the correct <laughs> proportion so if you like that if you're listening twice as much as you're talking you're probably all right yeah i need to learn that one that's that's, <laughs> the, one, that's, that's the one thing that i think a lot of my bosses would be like there you go you got your advice <laughs> from the <laughs> episode 90 whatever it was yeah. you suddenly learned something but i think so i guess you, you, you know, we touched base on 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 what you would on on your background. I'm not going to delve into the military because I think that yeah, that's that's, that's you know that's a, it's a personal story and, and and we'll leave it where it should be. But the process of you know of you training, say you get a script, you know you you've kind of helped out, you've they've got you in early, you've been able to kind of have have opinions on language and. An action which would then help determine what happens in front of camera do you then have like a training week with them or do you do you like to you know what what is that process of taking an actor who hasn't really done much 
military you know it's his first or her first military script mm. what time how long do you need what do you do you know i guess it it works on how quick and smart they are but what's an average yeah so um again yeah as you say it entirely depends on the person what kind of experience they've had before um one of the key things that we teach people is uh firearms because uh, firearms is something that is generally a little bit misunderstood within the industry because it's kind of like a treated like a dark art mm. there's so few people that handle firearms uh in the real world and there's even less that handle it in the film world so we run firearms training for performers and actors and this is open to any kind of performer who wants to come and train with us as long as they're a professional performer we, we teach them how to use guns for real so we, we take them onto the range for three days and take them from zero to hero in three days from wow. some people never having handled a firearm before never having played a game of call of duty anything like that to the end of three days they're doing stuff that you see in john wick that kind mm. of movement and everybody learns at slightly different speeds but everybody at the end of three days is usually up to a safe standard mm. and then some people are beyond that they're very very competent as well um so that so that's that forms the basics of the training because um when it comes to performers and actors the, what you want them to be concentrating on is the performance mm. if you're giving them anything to do that's additional to that that's not natural to them let's say driving a car skateboarding uh horse riding yeah. using a gun then a proportion of their brain is going to be taken up by trying to remember what they're doing you can with, see it in the eyes with the gun with yeah, the horse. He's, yeah he's trying one to of, figure out what they're doing one of the best examples that somebody gave me was smoking if you see an actor smoking on screen who doesn't know how to smoke <laughs> it's not a smoker it, it's not they they stand out like a, they stand out like a they sore do. thumb they're sort of like yeah. very awkwardly holding it and so um yeah good firearms like is the same that. thing they've got yeah. to be it's got to be natural it's got to be an extension of the body Hmm. So three days isn't quite enough to get to that, but it's enough to take the edge off it. It's enough yeah. to make it look Just like it's it. a bit more normal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like a John Wick, how is that? Yeah. Hey, you know, John Wick, I kind of look and I'm like, hmm. he looks like they look, he looks like he's doing it fucking amazingly. But yeah, they, you it's know, not, he's, there are certain bits that, 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 that are, that are top notch and he, he trained for months. And in fact, Keanu Reeves is not a lot of people know this, but Keanu Reeves was part of the reason why, actors do a lot more training now than they used to really? um, so um because of john wick or because of because of the matrix of course the matrix but it wasn't it wasn't his wasn't his decision it wasn't his his reasoning so what happened with the matrix the um um wachowskis wanted to hire this famous martial artist from hong kong whose mm. name i've forgotten but the rumor is that they said would like you to come and do this film and he said i'm not going to do it unless you give me and he, he, he thought of what was the most outrageous thing he could demand. He said, right, I'm not going to do it unless you give me the principal actors for six months beforehand to train them. And they went, sure. <laughs> and so he's like, he's like oh, okay, oh, fine. Bollocks, I should have said I a year. Said nine months, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, he, so that, was, that was sort of um, as far as I'm aware. And I'm sure there are, there are, there are other examples before that. But yeah. that was the first time like a big Hollywood production put that much effort mm. into training their actors mm. and so everything you're seeing today in, in marvel and yes. all of these big budget things with body transformation if you look back at the superhero films from the 90s and previously nobody I ever went through dudes. that no. no they just just uh, they, they didn't do any training and i, I um, kind of distinctly remember i'm sure there's like handguns that were like held at the side and and you make yeah. you, you could make the guns fly faster if you 
projected the gun towards yeah, them as well that's been, no, as that's you're jumping true. through yeah. the air no is that not is don't that do not firing two guns no yeah. um yeah and so but also because of this 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 combines with the fact that uh, games have become a lot more realistic so call yes. of duty mm-hmm. um a lot of people have played that and a lot of people now know that a rifle doesn't hold an infinite number of bullets mm. so people are are wanting more realism on screen from their actors with regards to firearms. And the other thing they can do is what you never used to see was people reloading weapons or weapons yes. having a malfunction. Yeah, yeah. Now they are, they are because essentially they cut them out. If they did happen on set, they cut them out. And, and so it sort of flowed more. 18. They never reloaded. Uh, once. Exactly. No one so ever we, got shot. we, yeah. we use, we use commando, the Schwarzenegger film as, as an example. Cause if you look back at that, that was considered the height of action at the time. You mm. watch it now; it's like a comedy, and the the way that pop, the pop, way pop, that pop, he's just pop, yeah, pop, standing pop, up pop. and spraying bullets, and people are falling over, and it and it, it gets a laugh. And, yeah, yeah. and you know, no, 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 this was this was the that height was of action. Yeah. And then um, I think probably the first film that people know that that sort of started to started to sort of play around with that and make it more realistic was Heat. So Michael Mann film from the mid nineties yeah, yeah. with Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. There's a famous shootout scene as they come out of a bank and they are having a running gun battle with the police. Mm. And if you watch it now, it seems relatively normal. It's a good scene, but it seems mm. relatively normal. Whereas at the time, again, that was groundbreaking. You never mm. saw actors reloading, taking cover, communicating as they move. So people are now expecting it more. So I, a lot of my job probably wouldn't exist 25 years ago because people wouldn't notice or wouldn't mind. Whereas now we're in a day where people want something more realistic, more gritty. Mm. So things like reloading and, and, and malfunctions with the weapons, those are written into the scripts to add into the drama, to make the character seem less invulnerable, Mm. um, more like a real person. So if you look at John Wick, there's various bits where he has to, reload the weapon or get a weapon working again or where he gets shot and falls over he's never going to die we know this but it makes him he can't can't kill the boogeyman but it it makes him seem more more vulnerable it Mm. makes it makes the tension in the scene go up and down Mm. what you don't want is flat tension you don't want it to be up here the entire time no you want it dipping and rising you want that change people recognize the change in pace and momentum more than mm. they do just having it up here which is where things like transformers falls down a bit because they just bludgeon you with everything being up here everything yeah. being at, at the top rung for the entire film you don't have these dips which means actually it can it can be, become quite dull yes i hadn't even i kind of yes i went to film school yes we did mm. think but actually you know when you're at film school you don't or i just uni doing a film degree sorry different, yeah different, you know you don't really think about levels of adrenaline, you know, mm. that, that you've actually, you've got to take away, you've got to be able to kind of drop everything down. So it's like, you know, that scene where, where the person has been stabbed and they're, they're you know, they find shelter and they're st- sitting behind a, a little thing. And it's just a little two minute kind of push into someone just kind of mm. hold it. You know, those kind of little elements allow you to then see them jump on a horse and fucking go down and have taxi spinning all the, you know, it, it is. Yeah. You know, it's got to be it's got to be the difference you've got to have the top and the bottom um and i think that's something that that action films um kind of lost their way a little bit during the Mm. 90s uh the 80s and the 90s coming back in the noughties but it's something that's very much 
part of it now. And I, and I, I never learned about storytelling in the army, um, but it's something that that I've that I've learned since. Um, but it's it, that that's why it's weird. My job, my job requires me to be good at my job. It requires mm. me to know these these weird and wonderful things, and to to be able to be not just a technical advisor, to be somebody who actually has an eye on what the director is trying to achieve as mm. well. Because otherwise, if you if if you don't understand about film, if you don't understand about story, if you don't understand about camera angles and techniques, you're never your suggestions are never going to quite land mm. because you haven't taken all those other things into account. So I, I am by no means an expert, but I know a little bit about everything enough so that the suggestions I give to productions to directors are effective and they yeah. make sense within what they're trying to do. And do they always do they always come off your idea? You know, do, do you ever have to onset time and money and money is time? Mm. Or is it, you know, do you is there that ability to be able to figure it out and to fail? Or do you have to very much have have an idea of not failing it, on set? It depends. Um, and it depends because, as you say, money is is time and going over time means that you're spending more. And so usually usually not mm. however there are other things that we do that we sort of buy ourselves time so one thing one one of the biggest things we do that that enables productions to save time is when it comes to putting together any kind of action sequence that involves things like SWAT teams or soldiers we provide them with the performers to do no, that makes sense and they yeah, are yeah. a combination of uh, of X Forces personnel mm -hmm. that that we know and trust, and the the best performers that we mm. see come through our firearms training, mm. and we put them together into small teams, and because they're 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 pre-trained and they know what they're doing, especially the soldiers, the soldiers learn performance from the performers, and the performers learn soldiering from the soldiers, which is mm. why they work so well together as a team. You can then do um, so. An example is bodyguard. So bodyguard. Um, uh, the the opening sequence on the train. Um, there was a lot of stuff that that we filmed for that that got cut. But what the director wanted was he wanted um, the the firearms teams to assault the train. And this train was not on a platform, so it's sort of five five feet off the ground. When you say so, it wasn't on. The, it was a set or the. No, it was a real train. It was oh, a okay. real train. Um, it was on a train line, and yeah. in in the scene, it gets stopped outside the station. Right. And the SWAT okay. team, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the CTSFO, which is the counter-terrorist specialist firearms officers, they storm the train. Mm -hmm. There was that. That was like the last day of shooting. It was the first scene, but it was the very last day of shooting. It got yeah. pushed to the back because of um, uh, it was supposed to be filmed at Waterloo. Waterloo pulled out the day before because oh, no. um, there was a terrorist. There was a terrorist bombing incident on one of the tubes. Failed, thank God. It was a. It was a. I think it was at Parsons Green. Somebody had a bucket. Bomb. Oh very, yes, very I remember that. Bomb. It yeah, only yeah. partially detonated, uh, thankfully, so nobody was badly hurt. But that happened uh, a couple of days beforehand. So rightly so, Waterloo went. We're not comfortable with filming this right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they had to say, "We're sorry, but we're going to have to say no." So it got pushed right to the back of the schedule. Um, they also had some some issues with um, they'd had a few rewrites in that time, and they had changed the scene 
um, originally in the scripts, the train was supposed to blow up. And then they decided actually they weren't going to do that. So they had to, they were, they were, or they were, they, I remember somebody, somebody on the day trying to work out if there were characters that they had, if the train did blow up, were the characters that you'd seen on the train that appear later on in, in episodes <laughs> shouldn't have been alive. Yeah, yeah. This poor person, I think it was the script, uh, supervisor, the script supervisor, was just, yeah, yeah. was just like melting. Their brain was melting as they were trying to work it out. But what that what that meant was we had we had very little rehearsal time mm. to put together this sequence where the soul was assaulting the train, and we had we had um, we had help from uh, the armourers were um, ex uh, CTSFO themselves, mm-hmm. uh, so guys from a, a place called Cohort. They 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 and us together we sort of pieced together what might happen, and but the, the, because we were using pre-trained people it meant that 90% of the work was already done. done. So yeah. you could just hit the ground running. Because mm. had that been a load of extras, yeah. you'd then have to teach them how to hold a gun. You'd have to teach them how to move. Yeah, and yeah. it would take all day to train them. Mm. And even then they wouldn't look particularly comfortable. No. So, so that's it's like you have a pre-chat, things. don't you? You kind of go, right, yeah. this is the, the and, and you, you're acting as if it's happening. You go, right, that we mm. think that there's a, something on here, one, two at the front and thing at the back. You yeah, use you your, your, your anagrams, you, you, you yeah. know, your, your analogies, your, your shorthand mm. that you were saying, you know, crew have yeah. on set. You'd be able to very quickly describe to those people that are trained. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, and exactly. then it's like, you'd you be know. able to give them to it, give them a scenario, put them mm. in it and they'd react to it. Whereas if, um, if, if we hadn't been using trained troops, that would have never have happened. No. The, um, the difference is they cost a bit more, but actually they pay for themselves 10 times over oh, when you easily. don't go into overtime with a huge crew of 150 yep. people on location. Mm. So, 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 when it's, so things like that mean we give ourselves more time to practice things or, mm. or more times to try a few different ways mm. and see what works and see what doesn't for camera. Because that's, that that's the important thing at the end of the day it doesn't matter necessarily what's the 100 percent correct real way to do it mm. it's what looks good and effective for camera so if you if you try something and you think that's brilliant let's see it through the lens and it looks terrible it's like well okay let's change that mm. so we give ourselves more time by doing other things but normally on sets unless they've thought about it unless they've gone we're going to need a lot of time for this and 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 people who are scheduling productions who who are good will see actually this is whilst this is only a couple of lines of dialogue an exposition this is a quite a complex scene in terms of movement we're going to need far more time to block this through in practice Mm. so at the top end of the scale you sometimes do get that time but it's not something you can always count on because they might run over somewhere else Mm. some dialogue might need to be retweaked which means they've got to do more takes which means the the time you thought you had gets halved so it's 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 time is a luxury that you normally don't have but if you do have it you can do some wonderful things well i guess the military background like you know the, the the ability to have to get on with it one just get on with it it's just like where are we at what have i got in mm. front of me this is this is what we have to do in this amount of time let's just get on with it you know yeah it's um it's we call it the 80 percent solution it's better to have an 80 percent solution within time than 100 percent done too late Ooh, so if I like that. so so if yeah, yeah. you so you you can't you don't always get the luxury to go perf- for perfection mm. if you do fantastic if you 
if you're if you're driving for perfection then give yourself the time to achieve yeah. it if you're not then occasionally we have to say right that is good enough yeah that is yeah, better yeah. than not it's not perfect enough. but yeah. it's better than yeah, yeah. going over time or better than stealing time from other scenes mm. so sometimes an 80 percent again this comes down in, into the advising as well when you're looking at a scene and there's like 20 things that are wrong and you know you've only really got time to fix them. Like, yeah right, yeah what are the three biggest things that are going to give you that 80 percent and what are the minutiae that i can probably yeah. get away with so the what you've the exact same wording that you've just said there is what um one of the script supervisors that was in an earlier episode said mm. they were like you know every time i watch a scene you know, and I think they even used the same amount of numbers. They were like, yeah. there's going to be 20 things that are wrong. <laughs> I've got to pick my moment to put, to choose the the, the main mm. three to talk to the, director, to, yeah. the, to the director about. And I guess that's the 80%, you yeah. know, the 80% solution, which I like isn't 99, because, mm. you know, that kind of whole, it's a 99% solution. You're like, no, 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 it's, it's 8%. Not. You know, it's we're not, not even... Yeah. You know it's I mean? never going to be a 99% solution. No, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, al- there's always something there's always something that could be done better yes either better costume or the actor could have done a better performance mm. you just need the time to do it but time mm. is money so mm. you've got to go with got to go with what you got nice and we yeah. just and I guess that kind of the question about failing and failure was something that we kind of started talking to mm. we started talking about beforehand yeah which um, I thought was a really interesting concept because I'm mainly short form, but even on long form and, and, and TV drama and all the rest of it, there's always going to be an element of people being afraid of failure, mm. you know, and, and I, and I, uh, I'm just, I'm not even going to try and segue into it. I'm just going to kind of just go straight. <laughs> do you know, yeah. I, we, yeah. we could spend all day. Trying we, tried, to find a segue. we tried. You did try. I, did I try. just, I just completely didn't pick <laughs> up on it and started talking about something completely different. So that's my that's problem. That's so my you tried your best. I do it. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm only good at this. You know, I should have written some paper like Bob yeah, Dylan. Just hold off a piece of paper saying, <laughs> no talk about failure. Segway, so, segway. Um, so anyway, what I think you're talking about is, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so we were mentioning earlier, I, I, one of my, one of my particular bugbears is, um, it's not just with the film industry, it's with society in general. Mm. These days we're obsessed with perfection. We're obsessed yeah. with things being absolutely perfect so somebody can you know i mean and everybody understands it when i talk about social media and pictures and people Mm. spending hours filtering their pictures to make themselves look perfect it's you know it's not it's not an accurate representation of life and it can really it can really upset other people because they see this idea of perfection that they're never going to reach Mm. and they get really down on themselves it's 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 similar similar in the film and tv world um in that we've 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 all got reputations to maintain Mm. um so we're very reluctant to talk about failure because um we feel that if we do then people aren't going to hire us perhaps uh and it means that all we ever talk about is successes whenever people ask how are you doing it's like yep brilliant top of the world living the dream blah 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 blah. Mm. you don't talk about what may be bugging what might be wrong and something that the the forces have had to come to terms with very recently is there are a lot of people from my generation who are coming out of the forces who've been in the forces for maybe 10 20 years or so and it's only once they leave that they start to realize that there are things underlying that aren't maybe they're not particularly happy and they don't really understand why and it's because nobody ever talks about when they're not feeling great Mm. when things aren't going particularly well and film sets because it's all about 
getting stuff done, getting stuff filmed. There's rarely ever time for that. We see each other, we go to work, we see each other, and then we go home and sleep. And then yeah. we get, get up and we're back onto set again. We rarely get that like sort of half an hour sit down chat, making sure everyone's okay. There's, mm. there's, there's, there's this assumption that everybody is, is operating it at a hundred percent and always should be. Um, and hopefully with all the changes that are happening within the film industry, um, hopefully it's something, the mental health side of it, hopefully it's something that's going to yeah. improve over the next few years or, or at least get less bad, mm. but allowing people the ability to, to fail and allowing them the ability to fail quickly mm. because failure is how we learn things so there are plenty of things that i've screwed up on that i now have learned from and yeah. now know that right i'm not going to do that again because mm. that was bad but had i not had the opportunity to fail i would never have learned um, well, I did a biggest example. Like, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was, I was just going to kind of because we've kind of used the word a few times that I saw that fail is the first attempt in learning. You know, you could mm. use that. And I was like, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But fail quickly. That's the key thing. If you <laughs> fail, you, you can fail 20 times. But if yeah. you fail 20 times, like straight off the bat, that's brilliant because then you've got 20 times when you know it's not worked. So, you yeah. know, you can move on to something else. But if you if you take too long to fail the first time, if you're too afraid to fail, mm then it takes too long and you haven't got time to try something that might work mm. so failing quickly but allowing people to fail and and allowing people to to take risks take mitigated risks and attempt things sometimes you can pull off some brilliant stuff mm. that maybe was a bit risky maybe it wouldn't have worked but giving people the time to do that but again it comes down to film sets time is money but giving people that time one of the one of the biggest things that happened to me very early on in um, in my career in film and TV, um, back in 2017, I got involved in um, in a scam and got lured out to Indonesia. And it's quite a it's quite a famous scam. That's called the um, the uh, the Hollywood Con, Con Queen. And there's a podcast about it called um, Chameleon that's going on at the moment. Mm. But they they were luring people out to Indonesia under the under the impression that there was a big job. Mm. and there wasn't and it was people who were at the start of their careers who were keen to take those risks mm. to go out there but the problem was when they come when they came back the thing one thing that the scammers were relying on was the fact that they were so ashamed that they'd failed that they didn't talk to anybody about it they didn't mention it so one of their friends would be gotten the, the next week because they hadn't talked about it because they didn't yeah. want to talk about failure and it, it is it's a bit of a problem so if we're more comfortable with talking about when things go wrong actually there's far more to be learned and far more to be gleaned from talking to people about when things went wrong because things can go right all the time by complete fluke you can be mm. lucky and things can go wrong but you uh, sorry right but you learn far more when things go wrong you mm. can you can you can get so much information from that which means that the next time you do something you're forewarned Maybe. so so yeah, yeah so you're if right. you're so say again no you're right you're mm. right i love it we don't talk about it and it's a taboo mm. and um you know even you know we could touch very quickly on on the mental health all of those things that we just wouldn't normally talk about no we don't have the time to sit down and have a you know half hour chat but i think being able to just in in the same way that 
you know, you kind of turn up and you go, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. When was the last time we saw, you know, what job did you do? When did you, you know, all that kind of mm. stuff. You just go, you're all right. You go, no, not really, but I'm, you know, I'm have it. I can, I'm dealing I'm with coping. it. Do you, do you, I'm no, coping. I'm coping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And being able mm. to have that as a, as a, as a strategy of being able mm. to be actually honest with people on the day, then they can go, mm. oh, okay, cool. I know where you're at. You know, instead of going, yeah, I'm the best. This is the best day of my yeah. life. And then 20 minutes later, you're freaking out and, and shouting at someone. They go, Jesus, what's wrong with? But but it's also that there is there is being all right and there's mm. being not all right. And there's many different shades of that yeah. in between, which is mm. I'm basically OK. I'm struggling a little bit. I'm a bit tired because of this. Mm. But it's when it's when people get tired and stressed that these things start to come out. And of mm. course, on a film set, that is what it is it's 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 long hours and it's stressful so these things start to start to build up so it's important that, that we are able to talk about them before they become a big problem oh let's do it it's like and before you start a was, campaign or something feels like there was, it's like, i was about on. to say before before you stab somebody in the lunch queue with a stanley knife which is oh. something that that oh, happened on yeah. i think it was on the witches or uh, it was yeah, one a few of the years back stagehands or someone yeah somebody somebody just i can't remember the reason for it but somebody in the queue for lunch just stabbed somebody with a standing yeah. up just because they snapped and, it was, uh, and i think that like... same week we found out or it was it was in the news that um someone had set up a webcam in the female toilets in one of the major studios oh, God, you're like yeah. it's, it's been a week it's like it's been a week yeah but i've forgotten about that one yeah but there are there are all sorts of these things that that and and it comes it's it also brings us on to when people feel they can't talk about things. That's how things like Harvey Weinstein yes. happen. When people mm. think, God, I can't, I can't talk about this. This is something that is, I don't want to be blacklisted. This is something mm. that's going to harm my career. I've got to be pretending that everything is all right and fine. Mm. That's, that's how these things perpetuate. Because there's normally, you know, thousands of people feeling the same way yeah. but that's the other part of it is you think you're on your own you think you're the only one feeling like that if you think you're the the only one who's stressed or tired mm. just by talking to other people and everybody being honest then you realize actually you're not on your own and it's a lot easier to cope with when you realize that everybody's in the same boat but it, yeah. it can be that feeling of 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 you're the only one who's going through what you're going through it can be very very alienating mm. if you realize actually everybody else is doing the, the same thing it can make it a lot easier. Oh, I love it. Well, like it kind of, you know, Zoom's telling me now that we've been chatting for about an hour mm. and it feels, it feels like that's a really nice way to close up of a, just an absolutely amazing episode. So I get to the last two questions. Mm. My first question, which, and I always like to preempt people before we hit record. I always kind of <laughs> ask these, I kind of throw these two questions at you before I hit record because then the back brain starts going. And I did say yeah. I prepare. I, to I totally didn't. <laughs> totally didn't at all. So my first, the first one would be advice to your younger self. Now, it is a film industry podcast, but it does. You know, we, we've been we've been touched based on how closely related military and and film mm -hmm. set life can be. So. I don't know what stage and you don't have to mention it, but what would, what would you be saying? If I was you now as a younger you, what would you tell me? So. I think a problem that I had very early on is I was, I was, I was, and I still am to some extent, but I was very concerned about what other people thought of me, mm. which is something that, um, I, I, I had as, as, as a, as a teenager, as a child, um, completely left when I joined the army, 
I was 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 sort of quite focused on. I knew I knew who I was. Mm. I I had I had a rank. I had a title. It was it, I wasn't searching for who I was when I left the military. And this is this is quite common with people in the military. When I left the military, I wasn't 100 percent sure who I was anymore. I know I know I no longer had the rank. I no longer had the title. And I felt that I was having to defend myself a lot more. Mm. I was having to explain to people who I was, what I did. And that that got me quite defensive. Mm. Um, and I don't know what it's like within the second AD world or anything like that, but there there have been people before me who've tried to do what I do now and haven't got particularly far, mm. normally because they're not people people. Mm. And the the, critis- the the criticism and the bitterness that can sometimes come from people who who see you doing okay and they're not doing as well mm. can sometimes weigh down quite heavily on you. Mm. Um, and so I think, I think the one bit of advice would be the, the, the criticism that you can sometimes get says more about the person giving it out than it does about you. And therefore, you should just try and just be happy with who you are, work in your own little corner, keep chipping away and everything will be fine. And don't concern yourselves too much with the the bitterness that, that other people can bring. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> And I didn't think about that. Just pulled that out of my ass just then. Pulled that it was straight, straight out. out. Come straight on, out. have yeah. it. Yeah. Well, look, amazing. And, and you're right. And as an as advice to, you know, across the board on a call mm. sheet and across the board in life, you know, you don't have to be a, a second AD in the film industry to get that, to, to find the, 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 the usefulness of, of that information. You could be Brian from accounts who's, Mm. you know going up the ladder faster than john in accounts and he's get, you know do you know what i mean it could be anyone mm. and anything so that's that's amazing i love it um so now we come to the end of the episode <laughs> the drum roll <laughs> the oscar nominee <laughs> yeah the four pictures are up yeah. on the screen the yeah. envelopes being open um <laughs> this is your chance to kind of give a shout out a big up some love anything that you want to send some some Mm. up to anything like that this is your chance i will away from the microphone uh the floor is yours sir well as you'd say there's 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 sort of hundreds of people that i'd like to thank because i I definitely haven't got to where i've got straight off my my own bat i've been helped out all along the way um my business partner al uh who who's been with me from the start um i'd like to thank all all we've got a we've got a wonderful roster of of performers and students who've come down to train with us so i'd like to thank you all for coming down and, and training with us because um you know because performers have got to decide where to put their hard-earned cash and i'm very very grateful they've decided to put it our way so we can help help them in their careers um anybody that's ever hired me for anything <laughs> or more importantly is considering hiring me for yeah. something thank you very much yeah, diary uh, is open for all 2020 exactly <laughs> exactly um uh lucy who's our new agent at loop talent uh, thank you for taking us on because uh, we're we're obviously we're quite a weird weird company it's very mm. odd for an agent to represent a company it's not mm. normal an agent will normally represent people and lucy has decided to go out on a limb and take a risk and represent us because we're because we're weird and niche but because she's a former second ad she understands that and can see uh 
can see the benefit that we bring. So thank you to her. Um, so and also um, a big thank you to the Tunnel Target Sports Centre down in Dorset, who are the uh, the people we go and train with. Uh, they've they've supported us from day one when we walked in and Amazing. said we want to run firearms training here. So a uh, big thank you to them who continue to support us to to this day. Yeah. I mean, if if I started to thank everybody who's ever helped me within the industry, we we, we would be here for a while. So this, is, this could be the first three hour episode. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so start playing the piano now. Yeah. But yeah, so so to anybody that I've ever worked with, thank you. Amazing. Well, uh, ladies and gents of the film gods, I told you when you were going to listen that it was going to be, and it was going to be an episode that you were going to love and it was going to be a topic and we were going to touch on things that you may not have thought about and that you wouldn't have necessarily kind of put two and two together and thought, oh yeah, fuck me, that, that big scene would have needed six months of, you know, Keanu Reeves and six months of being, you know, it's, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing episode. And I really want to thank you for kind of coming on and no, giving okay. the listeners such a, an insight into what you do and actually the importance of it for realism, because, you know, for me, I get, you know, you mentioned about, you know, people getting dragged out of the of the um, of the episode or the film if they see something that's not right. That happens to me if I'm watching something. I'm like, well, that didn't have lipstick on, or the wine was half empty, <laughs> or that. Why is that background? They've already walked yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. tough because you all of a sudden that, are dragged out of it. You that's know? something I've had to learn um, in the last few years is to switch off and just enjoy films for what they are. And I think there are times I've been guilty of going into that especially with war films you go into that well that's right how many am i gonna find in this one and you and you (laughs) almost you almost start off like going to watch a a a magic show and you always start off going i'm gonna spot where he's hidden the rabbit and it's and it's yeah it's not it's not a good way to watch films you don't enjoy it so i've had to learn you know to just relax into it and let those things just pass you by a bit yeah Mm. well look i give you the film god's round of applause so thank you very much um so ladies and gents share it if there's someone out there that you know that you know maybe is in the military and looking for a change and can and i don't know it feels like there's a lot of opportunities here for people to learn about what a film set is involved and i hope you have an amazing week ladies and gents i don't know when, when you're listening to it but go and crack that second bottle of wine give yourself another little coffee if you're in the car heading off to work have a have a wonderful 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 day um and ben thank you so much for coming no on you are now hang on in there everybody it will get better stuff's yeah. on the horizon covid won't be here forever come on hanging on in there hang come on, on in there yeah. right ladies and gents big love until we meet again that is a wrap Boat. So that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast.